Thank you for joining us for another episode of our SDBC podcast. Today, Paul and I have the privilege of interviewing Lisa Brooks and Elisa Gibson from a local organization called Baby Go Round. Baby Go Round is an organization that serves low-income families and moms all over the Lower Mainland and Fraser Valley areas by equipping them with the items, products, and equipment they need to be able to welcome a new baby into their home. Follow along as we learn about this organization, hear the passion Lisa and Elisa have for their work, and learn about a way we can partner with Baby Go Round this spring. We hope you enjoy this episode. Thanks for joining us for another episode of SDBC Podcast. Today we're joined by two really special guests that we have here representing an organization called Baby Go Round, and we'll get to hear all about them in a bit here. But we have Lisa Brooks, who's the executive director of the organization, and we have Elisa Gibson, who's the marketing manager of Baby Go Round. And she's also, of course, our friend. She's worked with us before and been a part of our church family, so she knows us quite well, and we're happy to have her back. So Lisa, do you want to say something to our SDBC church family as we start? Yeah, thanks for having me back. I'm excited to be kind of back in this space and connecting with everybody again. Different kind of platform, but yeah, just excited to be here. Yeah, we're excited to have you. And um, Lisa, so it's kind of confusing today for our episode. It's <laughs> Elisa and Lisa, but Lisa, um, you've you've kind of joined this organization during COVID, or kind of, because you started in January of 2020, That's right. is what I hear. Um, so how has that transition been for you for Personally, just being an executive director, leading a team, leading a great organization, but during COVID, how was that adjustment? Yeah, so I left a large organization. I worked at um, an organization that served, you know, thousands of people every year. And I really wanted to join an organization where I felt like I had a more personal connection with the families we're supporting and could really see the work that we were doing rather than be in an administrative role. So, um, yeah, it was certainly, you know, trial under fire. I joined in January. I had a couple of months to learn uh, what we were doing. And then COVID hit. Um, we did close for a couple of weeks to kind of regroup and understand how are we going to be able to continue to do the work we do in a different way um, because the families were still having babies and um, families still needed support. And so we couldn't remain closed. Lots of nonprofits, you know, because of various circumstances have remained closed. We closed for three and a half weeks. Then we reopened to accept gear and build up our inventory. And then um, we are now able to provide uh, curbside pickup for families. And so the conversation that they would have had in person with us if they were visiting our space, we now have over the phone with them. And um, we get to understand from them what they need and how they're going to use it to be able to really personalize the bundle of gear that we provide for them. And then um, our staff and our volunteers put everything together and the families come at a time um, that's scheduled and they are able to pick up everything that they need. Um, so yeah, we've, we're really proud of the work that we're doing. We're proud that we were able to pivot so quickly and make sure that we can still provide a really much needed um, resource in the community that families can access. So on that note, for our viewers who might not have ever heard about Baby Go Around before, do you want to just tell us what your organization does? And then after that, do you want to just touch on what the mission of the organization is? Yeah, for sure. So our mission is to provide under-resourced families throughout the Lower Mainland with essential baby gear so they can safely care for their infants and toddlers. 
Um, and we do that by collecting new and gently used gear from the community. There's lots of people in the Lower Mainland who have the resources to purchase everything that they need. And when they're finished with it, um, so much of it is used for just a few months as babies, mm -hmm. you know, go through gear developmentally so quickly, um, everything is in really great condition and families, um, we're looking for a place to give it to an organization who can make sure that it's clean and in good working order and then be able to get it out to families um, who need it. So yeah, we, we are able to, we have community champions as we call them. So we collect the items both at our main um, office, which is in Vancouver, but then we also have community champions throughout the Lower Mainland in Abbotsford, on the North Shore, in Richmond, in Delta, okay. um, who collect items for us and then, and then we get it from them into the center so that we can provide it to families. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, I told you this before we hit the record button today, but uh, my wife Sarah and I were expecting uh, another child, our second child, um, very soon, probably in the next week or two. Um, and we recognize how overwhelming that experience can be. Um, we had one child earlier, so we had lots of stuff uh, stuck in our storage area, uh, crawl space, and we're pulling it all out, trying to see what's what. And we're realizing that there's a lot of things, like physically, materially, there's a lot of things involved with this too. And um, be, becoming a new parent especially, I think, can be overwhelming on its own without having the financial pressures or struggles or trying to even figure out what's needed and what's good. There's mm -hmm. so much information out there that uh, we found it somewhat overwhelming when we first became parents. And even doing it for the second time around, I don't think it's too much easier. No, and it's not the same either. Your second baby yeah. likes different things than your first baby did. So what you know uh, is not necessarily what you need to know going into the yeah. second pregnancy and raising a second child. Yeah, I love how practical the help that you offer and give is. And now, like you say, it's empowering and it's dignifying, but also it's very, very practical. It's so tangible. So it it's really cool. Yeah, we've really heard from families through COVID and previously that it just gives them the chance to move from a place of stress and wondering how are they going to provide for their babies or for their children to being getting to that place of joy where they're feeling ready and they're feeling empowered and confident that they can provide for their children mm -hmm. and they have everything that they need to do that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Awesome. Um, I don't know which one of you wants to take this, but can you just share a little bit about the origin story of Baby Go Round? I'll let Lisa go with sure. this one. So our founder um, was in a place where she had finished having her children. She, as I said earlier, had all of these things that were really gently used, that were in great condition, and she wanted a place to give them um, where she knew that they would get out to families who needed them. And that organization didn't exist. Um, actually, in Canada, when Baby Goram was founded um, eight and a half years ago, we were the only organization in Canada who was able to accept all of the items that a family needs to welcome a baby home. Um, we're still the only organization actually in Western Canada. So we work with a really wide um, network of, of referral partners who health and social service organizations who are doing other work with families and supporting them in other ways, but they don't have you know, the whole kit of gear that a family needs to safely welcome their baby home. So that's why we were founded. It's why we're still um, in existence and really happy to be able to fill that niche in the Lower Mainland um, and work with organizations who are doing other work with families. But when they identify a family who really needs some support to be ready for their baby, they refer them to us and we're able to, to provide that service and make sure that the family has everything that they need. 
That's good. Yeah. I, as a person who's in that life stage now, the young yeah. family stage, I'm surprised to hear that there weren't any organizations doing this already because uh, we feel like that all the time. We have things like we have this thing called the Mamaru. I'm sure yeah. you guys know. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. um, Some people bought it for us. Super expensive. Our, mm -hmm. our little boy, Nathan, never mm -hmm. enjoyed it. Yeah. Yes. Not a single day. And that's an expensive <laughs> yes. thing. So it's basically brand new. And we were calling cousins and other friends like, mm -hmm. are you are, are you having a kid? I heard um, you're, you have one on the way. Would you like us to send this over? It was actually quite interesting to not have a place where we can easily go and know that it's going to a great place to support a family somewhere that needs it. Hmm. Yeah, and I think there, there are there are lots of other organizations that we partner with um, in various areas who do support families, uh, but the application is different. And so if you're looking for that one-stop shop where, hey, there's a family who's brand new to Canada, they've just moved here, um, left everything behind, sometimes, you know, refugee circumstances, fleeing violence and, and unimaginable things, um, they don't need just a few things. They need everything. Um, and so in terms of the, the scope and breadth of what we offer, that is distinct and that is unique. Um, so it's like, you know, when you're expecting a child and part of preparing for that is, um, you're going to head to a baby store and, you know, you, you go into do your registry and you're kind of dreaming of all the things you need and you're picturing your life ahead. And that's just not, an opportunity available to everyone um, because the baby shower doesn't happen yeah. for everyone. Yeah. Um, and so um, that experience of, at this point, the phone call with families um, and when in-person is a thing that we can do again, <laughs> yeah. having them back in our space to share excitement about welcoming their child. That's something we hear a lot too is sometimes these pregnancies are coming in, in just really difficult times and circumstances. Um, and babies come when they want to come sometimes. And uh, it doesn't always feel joyful down that whole road. So one of our goals is that as families are coming in, whether they're talking to us on the phone or they're in our space, is that we get to share those moments of connection and joy with them as they welcome new life. Yeah. Now, I remember, I think, when we first announced that we were expecting um, Nathan, and um, I think you were one of the first people like to congratulate me and Sarah, because I think you happened to be there when Sarah and I made the announcement or something. And I'm a I big remember fan seeing. Because <laughs> we're, we're, my wife and I are slightly older than Elisa, but she's had kids before us. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking, man, Colin and Lisa have three already and maybe like we'll get to glean some <laughs> wisdom <laughs> on parenting. And we had lots of friends who had lots of kids and yeah. who were willing to support. We had awesome grandparents involved in our, our, our child's life early on. And we were like, oh, this is such a blessing and recognizing because we also do some ministry with people who have come to Canada as refugees, like you said, and also other families who have been displaced or for various reasons, fleeing domestic violence. There's so many different circumstances where this isn't possible. And as I worked with them, and Elisa uh, knows this and our, our, our listeners know this, but I worked with the First Nations as well uh, for um, ministering with them. And there are circumstances that I've come to where I'm like, as a single person at the time, as a single male, I didn't know how to help a young mom um, with some of the real struggles that they were going through. Mm -hmm. um, I have a little bit more appreciation now, probably not a full appreciation for it, but I'm recognizing the need for community when we raise our children. Um, it's for all of us. We all yes. need it. We know we need it. Yes. Um, so to be able to provide it, I think, I think is amazing. Um, Thank you. 
Yeah, there's so much to learn. I mean, I don't have kids, um, but even in just talking to Elisa before this meeting, she was the first one who ever told me that car seats have an expiration date. <laughs> I had no idea. So I'm just like locking those away for later. Um, but Elisa, how did you hear about Baby Go Around? What compelled you to want to join this team? Well, as I mentioned, I love babies. Um, <laughs> no, I, lo I love babies and I love kids. I love working with kids um, and got to do that here for a time. And that, that was wonderful. Um, and really felt a push to dig deeper into um, supporting families in vulnerable situations, families who were under-resourced and uh, just seeing how I could apply whatever ability or gifts I had to that. Um, so I actually heard about it from a friend that I'd gone to high school with who was a social worker. And I said, I'm going to volunteer somewhere, probably going to be fairly hardcore. I'm willing to give some time here. Who's good? Who do you recommend? You know, mm -hmm. because uh, I think that's important. I think knowing a little bit of background about um, the organization and um operations and things is important when you're investing time or money and she it was one of her top three and she said every time I go in and volunteer I feel amazing and the connection I get with families is is incredible so she spoke super highly of baby go round I reached out and uh, I actually became a community champion which is a role Lisa mentioned so for South Delta at that time I volunteered by collecting things in my home so people would come and drop off their gear and I'm not the official South Delta community champion now but like I'll still take your stuff on my doorstep <laughs> if you're listening. Um, and then I will bring it in. Um, so, so that was how I started and it kind of snowballed. I got to know the staff really well and, um, and the board and got invited to kind of participate um, at different levels, specifically with uh, social media. And I started working on that team as a volunteer. Um, and that eventually turned into a staff position just before Lisa. I, I came on about two months before. Um, and then we got to work quite closely with one another in the last year or so. Yeah. Um, but I think one of the things that has kept me here um, and, and really honestly, my investment, my personal, emotional, mental investment has just been increasing over these three, going on four years of being involved because um, just as you've touched on, Paul, when you become a parent, um, everything turns upside down. Mm -hmm. You think you know things and learn quickly that you know nothing, and then you even even within that you you start to figure out some things of a certain stage, and then baby's in a new stage, and there's yeah. sleep regression, and here you are again <laughs> humbled. Um, so it was going through experiences like that and recognizing that, you know, I had the baby shower. I had support. I had a baby shower here. Um, people from SDBC gave me items to help prepare my home and my nursery to welcome my babies. And that's just not something that everybody has access to. And community and showing up, especially when we're talking about vulnerability and um, people who are under-resourced, it matters exponentially more. So, so we get to do that. And I'm just, you know, it's like, it's like getting, you know, giving things and sending them out the door 
simultaneously feels like you kind of get to be like Santa at Christmas <laughs> and you get to bring all this joy. But at the same time, you know, the story on the other side of that door and it's heartbreaking at the same time. So it's been kind of the most beautiful, um, gift in, in that way. Yeah. I, my wife, Sarah, also had her shower here, just yeah. like you. And you've been to many of these showers at our church. Yeah. Our, our people are generous. They're loving, they're yeah. caring, they want to bless you. A lot of people show up, they don't even really know you that mm -hmm. well. Maybe they know your mom or dad mm -hmm. or in-laws, or they just came to support maybe. The generosity is amazing every time I see a shower. I obviously, as a man, most times we're not invited and I have to set up the technology for them to use and then I just <laughs> leave. After yeah, exactly. Exactly. I remember mine and Jordan's where we have to go in afterwards and we have to like fill our trunks with mm -hmm. the amazing blessings that we were just blessed with mm -hmm. and recognizing that, Matt, like we don't necessarily need maybe all of these things and yet we feel so blessed by them, the love that these things represent. It was just mind blowing at the time. And I was just like, Sarah, this is almost embarrassing how much mm. love we just received. Mm -hmm. I feel like we don't deserve it. Mm. And then obviously as followers of Christ, we believe in every man, every woman, they're all made in the image of Christ. We're all made in the image of God. Everyone deserves that love. Everyone is worthy of that love and the mm -hmm. compassion. So for families who, for whatever reasons, cannot have that community of love around them, for us to do our part to help even a little bit, I think it's amazing. I, I really think it's something that we ought to do, not just for young families, but you know, when we see needs like this, mm -hmm. where we've been so blessed and we have an opportunity to bless others, I think it's always a good idea. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and later on in our podcast, we'll talk about a way that we can get involved and help you guys out. Um, but before that, we're just interested, do you have any stories or antidotes of any projects that you've worked on or been doing in South Delta, actually? Or even if you want to share um, stories about what you've been doing in our community as a whole, that'd be awesome. Yeah, so we... Um we have a really wide reach. We have referral organizations from Squamish to South Delta and out to Chilliwack and everywhere in between Vancouver and Burnaby and New West and Richmond. And um, we do work with referral agencies in each of those communities so that families don't have to find us. They don't have to get to Vancouver. They don't have to know about Baby Go Round. They can go to the community organizations in their communities and where they're receiving other supports. So in South Delta, we work with the health units, we work with the Healthiest Baby Possible programs um, and other organizations so that um, families in this community um, are able to access our services. And so we do support families um, in Delta, in, in Ladner, and, um, you know, sort of everywhere in between. But... Um, you know, we are able to make sure that those families have everything that, that, that I received, that you received through a baby shower. So everybody has a safe place to sleep. So that starts with a bassinet or a cradle. And then as the child ages, um, we're able to make sure that they have a crib for their baby. We're able to make sure that they get um, everything they need to nourish their, their baby. So a breast pump and a nursing pillow. And as their baby again ages and and goes to a different stage that they have a high chair or a bumbo or whatever it is they want to use to feed their baby. Um, that every family has um, mobility, so a stroller and an infant carrier, which of course um, 
benefits every family member. So that if the family's able to get out and about in their community, they're able to connect with their community, they're able to get to the park and do errands. And then all the kind of nice things that you don't really think you need, but you do. So the exorcister and the bouncy mm -hmm. chairs so that you can put your baby in a safe place and eat your own dinner or have a shower. Yeah. Um, books and toys so that they can learn and grow and and then some of the nice things so bedding and towels mm -hmm. and decals for the wall of their nursery and a mobile for on top of their crib um it's it's really a huge package that we're able to put together for families clothing of two as well so um you know, the impact that we provide for that family, every family that we support faces food insecurity, has to make really tough decisions around um, the resources that they have. They don't, we don't want anybody to make a choice between do they buy a crib or do they buy food yeah. or pay their rent or pay their utilities. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. No. <laughs> it's, we feel very deeply about the yeah. impact we make in every community and yeah. we're happy to be here. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Cause yeah. I, I love how com comprehensive you guys are mm -hmm. in it. Cause I've had people, not just in this area, but in every area when they donate and when they give to the needy, uh, sometimes they question, well, that's a luxury item. I wanted mm -hmm. to give a necessity. Mm -hmm. And I go, it's hilarious that we sometimes respond that way when we all want a vacation, maybe that's not quote unquote necessity. I would argue it is a necessity, but, yeah. <laughs> um, but we want more than the bare bones for our children. Yeah. Yes. Right. And, and when we bless others, I hope it's with the intent that we don't want the bare minimum, the horrible stuff. We want the best stuff just as yeah. we do for our own children. Yeah. And I love how you guys do that. Yeah. No, I, sorry. There's, that's a, there's a point there that I feel like I've dove into a fair amount just in terms of poverty extending beyond what your bank account balance is mm -hmm. and how deeply psychological it yes. is. Yeah. Um, and so giving, giving thoughtful and comprehensive things to somebody, it's not so much that, you know, they have things that may have been nicer than, than I had when I was, you know, 23 expecting and, um, welcoming a new baby. It's that when we saw them or when they came in and were able to choose their items that, um, it wasn't the leftovers. It wasn't, yeah. oh, hey, yeah. you don't have the means to do this on your own, so please be grateful for what yeah. you get. Um, there's something deeply powerful in even just and the empowerment of equality um, and just showing that. And again, like I said, how it's not always a positive experience for everybody. And so creating an environment where it can be positive even for that half hour that we're together mm -hmm. that is that is empowering that makes you head into parenthood feeling like somebody is in your court um even if for a moment um and i was chatting with a volunteer today who was um just talking about some of her experiences with families and there's so many different backgrounds and she's been volunteering with us for five going on six years and was talking about a woman coming in and um, being a student, but then surprised and expecting a child and she's finishing her master's and has life ahead of her. But this is a moment in time where she is in need of that support. Um, and I visited a partner agency just a week ago on the downtown east side and a lot of 
women who are coming to us from, from that referral agency are, you know, victims of domestic abuse, are struggling with homelessness. And so it's deeply personal, I think, every day. And I know Lisa had an amazing experience as a twin mom um, early in January when she, when she first started that the, just the connections kind of abound. But maybe I'll let you dive into that. Yeah, it was actually in May. It was just as we were reopening. Um, it was our first appointment. Actually, after we reopened, we I met with a family who had moved to Canada early in 2020, found out that they were expecting expecting twins. Um, delivered them early in a pandemic, and um, one twin was a bit more stable than the other. So one twin was at home with dad, and the other twin was still in the hospital with mom. They're new to Canada. They don't have any employment yet. And um, to be able to come in and meet with me, who have 17-year-old twins, um, and, you know, it just brought me back in time to all that I had. I had two bouncy chairs and two extra saucers and two um, cribs and two bassinets that my dad made for us. And, you know, all of that community. Um, and they came to us and they were feeling shell-shocked and overwhelmed. And I was just able to say, you know, Unbelievably, someone from the community just donated this double stroller that's perfect for you. We had just received a twin um, nursing pillow, and we had two really small swings that they could fit into their apartment, and so they could put both babies in a swing and eat their dinner, mm -hmm. which I remember was magical. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and, you know, just set them up, welcome them to Canada, let them know that there are people who are here to support them. And at this moment in time, they need that help. When their twins are four, you know, they'll probably both be working and they, you know, I've, you know, this particular family I've actually already been in touch with and they've already brought things back to us that we lent to them that the babies have outgrown, but also other things that they received from the community that they're building around themselves because they want to make sure that every family has the opportunity that they had mm -hmm. um, to get support from Baby Go Around. So oh, that's so cool. I, I love hearing the stories of, real life impact that yeah. organiza organizations like yours make. That's really cool. I, I did some homework getting ready for our conversation here today. And on your website, I noticed personally a um, couple of things. Uh, one is that you guys seem to be a growing organization, um, growing in your impact, which is really nice to hear. Um, and then I also saw some of the videos and photos that really highlighted how clean, like Elisa, you just talked about your facilities and the experience of people coming in mm. um, and how clean um, and really excellent the facilities look. And I know, you know, video and photos and all that <laughs> stuff, maybe people are skeptical, but um, you know, if you're listening in now, you can go check their website to see some of the things that I'm talking about to see what it looks like. But can you maybe just take us through what it might look like for a family or a mother or a father to come into one of um, your facilities, I guess, and to experience that appointment that you've been talking about? What Can you take us through what that mm -hmm. looks like? For sure. So um, looks a little bit different now with COVID, yes. but, but prior to COVID, it's, it's kind of a nicer experience to describe. <laughs> so we have our space set up like a, a baby boutique, any baby boutique that anyone would go to. And so there's an area where people can look at strollers. There's an area where they can look at all of the items that they need to feed their child. Um, there's areas with books and toys and uh, exercisers. And, and um, families have an opportunity not to just get what they get, but to choose between a variety of things. So, you know, 
everybody's stroller needs are different. So some families are using transit a lot. Others um, have an elevator. Some have a walk-up. And so, you know, the stroller that that you choose is going to be very different based on how you're going to use it. And so... Um, Prior to COVID, families would make those choices themselves with the guidance of uh, one of our staff or volunteers who understand what the equipment does. Um, again, now we have that conversation over the phone so that they're able to give us their choices verbally, and then we take that information and choose the items for them. But, um, you know, families have really told us that in so many cases, they don't have a lot of choice in their life. Because of their circumstances, things are kind of dictated to them, and having that choice just changes how you feel about yourself. It gives people dignity and respect, and that is at the core of everything we do. So um, we often actually have to say um, no when people are trying to drop something off because it just doesn't meet the current health and safety yeah. standards mm -hmm. or it's missing a piece yeah. or it's just been too loved <laughs> and you know it's been through five kids already and it, it is actually at its end sort of stage we really are very proud of the work we do around um, an environmental impact as well so we make sure that things do get used um, for as long as they can but there is a point where where it has been reached and um, that item is not something we can accept. Elisa mm -hmm. said it earlier. We don't want people to feel like they're getting the leftovers. We want yeah. people to feel like there has been thought mm -hmm. and care yeah. put into everything that yeah. they get. And, I mean, for us, because we work with a lot of nonprofits and as yeah. a church, we function in that kind of a way as a community as well. We also understand that we're working with people who have donated their hard-earned funds yes. because they believe in the vision and the work that you do. So I think that reputation that you want to build up and maintain is awesome because you don't want to be giving out. If you promised all the people through this podcast and through mm -hmm. other communication tools that this is what we do, this is what we're about, um, I think to be able to see it right away when we walk into your facilities, um, how clean it is, the yeah. service that people provide as excellent, nice people, helpful, um, COVID safe right now. Yeah. And, and all of that, I think, speaks highly of uh, whether someone would be willing to partner with you or not, right? Um, your vision sounds fantastic. And um, to be able to live up to it, I think, is also great. And I have noticed even on the list of, I think you said, 85 plus um, referral agencies that you guys have now as a partnering network, um, I think the more you hear about it, even in our community, just mm -hmm. last um, December, when you yeah. guys were here on our site in our parking lot, I guess, um, that was already an impact. And I know we have lots of young families and even yes. non-young families in our church that would be interested in the work that you do and sure. supporting it. I, Alisa, you know the people here too, but I think there are um, enough young families around here that would get what you guys are trying to do yeah, and stand behind it. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Yeah, we certainly want to reach more families. We want to be in more communities. So if any of your listeners work at or know about an organization um, that is providing health or social service um, resources in the communities, please have those communities um, or those resources or agencies reach out to us. Um, we're always looking to get new referral partners. We're always Absolutely. looking to build relationships in, and deepen relationships yeah. in communities. So yeah. I'm yeah. really happy to hear from organizations um, who haven't heard about us um, and who want to be able to refer to us. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, 85 plus is, is happy to grow. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Actually, right after we go offline, when we're finished recording here, um, I want to talk to you about a couple of um, organizations. Yeah. I'd love to 
see if there's any fruitful conversations that come out of it. For sure. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, so on that note, there's just one more thing we want to touch on for our listeners today. And we actually have um, in the works an opportunity to sort of port- partner with you guys. So what it's going to be is the week before Easter, Saturday, March 27th from 10 till 2, uh, we're going to be having an Easter drive through. So this will be for um, our congregants as well as the community. There'll be a few things happening at that drive through, but one will be a drive for items for baby go round. Um, and don't worry for anyone listening, there will be newsletters and different posts coming out. So you'll be able to get all this information again. Um, but we will be specifically collecting three new items, um, for baby go round sleepers, new sleepers, um, new outfits and new baby towels or washcloths. So don't worry, mm-hmm. there will be lots of information coming out, but is there anything you guys want to touch on about those items? Why those items, maybe ages for those items. Mm-hmm. Um, just let us know why those items were chosen. Yeah. Um, well, sleepers, I mean, as any parent can attest, is just an item that you go through and outfits. You go through super, super quickly. Yeah. Uh, we actually find we don't get a ton of sleepers, mm. particularly mm. for the youngest months, for zero to six. Yeah. Uh, we will accept up to zero to 24 is kind of what we're looking for. But the zero to six, I think, again, they're just too, they're loved a little too hard. (laughs) And I, you know, I have seen it in my own children. So, so that makes sense. Um, but yeah, we are often low of those items and it's one that we specifically like to set up a new family with. It's that smaller touch where, Hey, um, it's your stroller and your crib, you know, here's five sleepers, here's five outfits. Um, and so that's, um, an item that we give out quite a bit and is extremely helpful to restock in as well. And then, you know, baby bath towels and little washcloths are great to have new as well. They don't necessarily wear as well. And so we love to make sure each family has one of those Mm -hmm. as well. Awesome. So yeah, like, as I said, we will be collecting new items for these. And that's just to go along with the heart of your organization. That fact that these are not the leftovers, they don't have to choose between two things that have stains on them. These are new items. And we, um, we're blessed in this community first. So for us that are able, let's lavishly, um, bless these families. And so yes, all I have to say about that part, and there will be more information coming. Like I said, Yeah, absolutely. Church family, if you're listening and if you're getting excited about this, hang tight. We will have this um, in a couple months here, but let's let's really prepare for it. Let's prayerfully consider how we can get behind some of the things that Baby Go Round is doing and support these families. We know that it's going to a good place. Um, We we feel that there's a level of excellence in the way that uh, Lisa and Elisa and their team run this organization. We feel like we can actually trust that when we give these items and things to them, that it will be used for amazing things and God can do some good things through our work. So let's partner with them for this. We're excited to do that. Um, as we go forward in the next few weeks, also thank you for your time. I know COVID is, you know, busier time for everyone. It seems like, um, but I just love the fact that you guys shared your passion with us. And I think people who are listening in, they'll catch that passion too. So thank you, Lisa, so much for your time. And Lisa, always good to have you here and thanks for coming in. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thanks for having us. We're so happy to work with you and your congregation and continue our partnership. So happy to be here.